This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Ultimate Camp Resource. Ultimate Camp Resource proudly offers more than 1,000 free descriptions of games, skits, songs, and other camp-related activities to make your summer fun and rewarding for campers of all ages and abilities. If you're interested in camp-themed stickers or apparel, visit their camp store at itsacampthing.com. That's itsacampthing.com. Welcome to First Class Counselors, where we give camp counselors insider tips and advice on how to make a camper's summer the best it can be. Because whether you are brand new to the camp world or you have been drinking the camp Kool-Aid for a couple of years, you know that self-improvement and a growth mindset is a really important part of being a great staff member, or dare we say it, first class counselor. My name is Oliver Gregan. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive director at Camp Winona YMCA in Leon Springs, Florida. And my name is Matt Wilford. My pronouns are also he, him, and I'm the executive producer of podcasting and a consultant with Go Camp Pro. Today, we are going to be talking about making a cult 101 traditions and ceremonies at camps. Uh, these allow camps to indoctrinate uh, campers and staff to create an unwavering army for the wars to come. Strong programs will have campers and staff who will not question anything you ask of them. Everything from horrible, horrible actions that shouldn't happen. But I'm just kidding for right now. Uh, <laughs> take a step back. But we are going to talk about that age-old quote that we have in camp, that camp is a bit of a cult. We're a little bit strange. We do some strange things out in the woods that other people aren't used to, would think are weird. And even you, maybe walking onto camp your first time, or even third, fourth, hundredth time go, why, why do we do this? <laughs> What's going on here? And we want you to kind of get a basic understanding of, you know, what are some of these traditions that are happening so you can gear up from them if you've never seen them before, but also what's the purpose? Why do we do them? So, you know, we may see things like camp names, opening or closing campfires, spirit wars, even, you know, the culture that occurs in every little cabin. These traditions and ceremonies are, are what make camp camp, um, but also probably need a little bit of explaining for the new and faint of heart at camp. So, Matt, what are some things that you think about when it comes to these special things we do in the woods? Mm, yeah, special things we do in the woods. <laughs> you're totally right. Camp, you know, we, we joke that camp is a cult a lot. And if you're new listening to this, just bear with us. We'll, we'll play this out a little bit. But, you know, camp, what we can all agree upon, whether you think it's a cult or not, is that camp is a special place. And the ceremonies and the traditions are tools that help make camp that special place. And um, the way we do those ceremonies and we do those traditions, you know, can sometimes feel like a cult or a religion even. And, um, you know, some camps really lean into this and, and some don't. So whatever camp you are going to this summer, the point of this episode is to give you, camp counselors, the inside, inside scoop on why ceremony and traditions at camp exist and how to get beyond just the maybe uncomfortable feeling of 
wait a minute, did I just join a cult? Um, so we're going to break down an, a, a very brief overview of some traditions and ceremonies that you might expect at camp and kind of give you the understanding of why these are part of most um, most camp programs. We're not going to get into too much depth about it, um, but then we're going to, we're gonna, we'll, we'll ask the real question. Are, is this culty? Is this a cult? And we'll, we'll you'll you'll hear what Oliver and I think about it because the answer is no, but kind of yes, but kind of definitely yes sometimes. <laughs> and then finally, we'll talk about what your role is as a camp counselor in all of this, and what happens if you are somebody that's fully bought in, and maybe even more importantly, what happens if you aren't somebody that's bought in. Well, let's get started and just talk about an overview of ceremonies and traditions at camp. What are they and why do you can't use and even have these? So let's, the, the bare basics here. Um, <clears throat> Matt, do you want to get us started? What, what are, what's your thinking here? What's your thought process? Yeah, okay. So I'll orient you folks to just the different things. Because I think you people who listen to this podcast are smart. You know what a ceremony and what a tradition is. But, you know, at camp we we really lean on them in more than a regular like i think of a school day and you think of like in the states sometimes there's the pledge of allegiance or we sing oh canada in canada or, or you know um the bell moves us from place to place at school you know what some of these things are but at camp we really make you know kind of um these these ceremonies special things so there might be like flagpole or morning moments or um devotions they call them different things at different camps to start the day um and it involves the whole camp usually being together rallying around um a person or a place or a time so using um you know, using some sort of ceremony to give reverence to a person, place, or a time at camp. Um, they, they rally people around the spirit of camp or the values of camp. Um, and then it's time to gather together in one place. And they can be big, like really elaborate things with lots of steps and lots of like traditions within a ceremony. Or they can be small, just at, at, you know, a time to gather around at the campfire together. Um, that, that is a ceremony in, in a sense. So that that's ceremonies. Traditions, on the other hand, are, are kind of like the the things within ceremonies, or just that they're they're usually like micro parts of a camp culture, and we do them, you know, at certain times. Like a, a ceremony can also be a tradition. We do a ceremony at a certain time. The language we use, maybe camp names. If if we have everyone has a special camp name, if they're a staff member, and the, it's like a rite of passage, your, your camp name. The songs we th- we sing, what people wear. We could dedicate a whole episode to different traditions that different camps have. But the thing to remember is that camps use ceremony and tradition to help create a separate world from the outside world where people know that this place is different and special. And, and, you know, we do that um, because, you know, we believe in the power of positive community. Um, and that is, sounds like a very cult leader thing to say, but we, you know, we know camp can be this special place. And I think Oliver and I are, are definitely products of that, of, you know, camp being such a special place where we feel like we belong or we feel like we're a part of a community and we know that it has that feeling for kids too. So that's your one-on-one on ceremonies and traditions and, and why, why they exist. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think too, Matt really makes a really good point here where he talks about, you know, we're creating a world. And I think the fantastic thing that makes camp a little bit different when you compare it to say, like, well, even like a day camp or school or, or 
I mean, they still create their own worlds. Uh, but when a kid comes to camp, right, they're living in it. You know, they're there every single day, every single night. There's a lot more to it, to their life um, for while they're while they're there, because there's no going home and going back to that world at home that they have where there's a different set of rules and in order. And I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, but then they come to camp and everything is camp world. So we've hinted at and show and shows before, you know, by the time you get to days two or three and a camper has now fully immersed themselves into the camp, you know, day to day traditions and ceremonies and culture that's created. Um, they start to get a lot more comfortable. They start to feel like they're part of this, this world that they've been, been moving into. And, and we do talk about these values and connections that come from these traditions, right? These, these ceremonies, they are hundred percent meant to connect your campers and your staff together and create tighter bonds and a connection to this place um, that will always kind of give them an area of reference when they're connecting it to important values, when they go out into the real world. So like, for example, like those morning meetings um, or devotions that talk about the importance of honesty, right? That will forever anchor your camper or staff to think about honesty and how it was taught to them at camp and how they can take that out into the real world for them, which is a phenomenal part about what camp does. Another really important thing about it is it helps create an order to camp, an understanding of these are the things that are necessary for us to to create function. And a lot of times, you know, it might be something like Matt was talking about with schools and there's a school bell, right, to tell us when and where to go. Camp might just take that and we'll have a bugle instead, right? It's meant to maybe be a little bit more fun. Or there might be a song that you sing when it's time to clean the dining hall, right? These are also traditions that help us create order in this environment that everyone is existing in. So I think that's a really important part of it as well. Um, a really <clears throat> a really big thing for me too is sometimes this also will you'll be seeing it in speeches, songs, um, inherent vocabulary that only camp people understand, right? Uh, I've explained what a bendo is on camp, but you might not know what that means if you haven't been to camp before, right? the idea of bending over to pick up a little piece of trash. It's something that I'm indoctrinated to know, but maybe you haven't had that yet. Or maybe you have a different word for it at your camp. A lot of games will also be that way. Matt and I are constantly talking about camp games and he might have a different name for it, but it's the same game, right? Or it's the same song to a different tune. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes there are idols. <laughs> um, so for those of you who might be a little bit more religious, uh, you might not always like this, but uh, sometimes there might be like a trophy that you can win if you win Color Wars, or it might be a plaque that has names on it for the staff of the year. Um, these things that pay reference to maybe specific goals or mindsets that your camp really wants to honor around their site. And this all comes from this idea that, um, you know, camps have a founding of being their own little separate world, right? And there's a long history of different cultures that helped get them to that point. Um, if you reflect on where camps have gotten their start or where they've gotten a lot of their inspiration from, you know, some camps come from a military background, right? Um, whether they were a Boy Scout camp or a Girl Scout camp once upon a time, um, some of them may have a value from, say, like Native American or First Nations cultures, right? That, you know, the debate of having that still in your camp community is still one very up for it. Um, however, a lot of those cultural things are still there. And we'll talk, I'll talk about this in a little bit later in the show, but symbolism is a huge part of it as well, right? 
So what does fire mean at camp? What does water mean at camp? What does the sunrise or the sunset or, you know, different stories and stuff that we tell that find symbolism and meaning for kids. And that idea I think is really important because storytelling is important at camp. And when you can find meaning in different symbols or signs, um, it really does create that kind of culty atmosphere that camp is. So um, moving on a little bit, let's talk about how some of these things are culty. So Matt, can you, can you kind of get us into this idea of like, what's making these things so culty? Why are we, why are we, I mean, we've talked a little bit why we're doing this, but what, why does it give off this feeling to us? Well, I, I mean, to pull back the curtain a little bit as a, a camp director, you know, or, or I think the, the goal of like leadership at camp is to get like everyone on a similar page. It doesn't have to be the same page, but you know, we want them to be, to feel like they're a part of something um, and a part of something special. This, again, this like special world that we've created um, because we, and, and, and you know, the why behind that is because the community that we've created is a good one where people feel that welcome. I, I know I said that before, but I, w- I want to keep driving home that, you know, the word cult has a lot of like negative associations with it. Um, the the podcast network Canada Land, the, there's a podcast called Commons that does a really great, they're doing a really great season on cults right now, which which helped, helped me think about this episode. And in the first episode of that podcast series, they break down like what are the aspects of a cult. And um, with a very unbiased, I really like they, they do it with a pretty like objective mindset on it. Um, but if you think about a cult, like a, a traditional one that you that you've maybe heard of, um, you know the aspects line up pretty closely. You know, cults focus on a charismatic leader, and we do that all the time at camp. Think, um, you know, the person leading the campfire or um, speaking in front of the whole camp. It's not necessarily like the leader of camp, the camp director. It could be a section head. It could be a camper that's chosen. But we certainly give reverence to a person in many of the traditions and ceremonies that we do at camp. Um, and we build that person up and we, we use the idea of role models to, to really um, drive home a lot of our, our culture and tradition. And the role models are the people that are um, following the like tenets of the culture that we set out, whether it's, you know, a, a set of value systems, a set of religious beliefs. Um, those people are often, um, shown to be role models of that, which helps like self perpetuate the values of of the place where you're where you're at of the camp, um, and the, you know often we're you know a cult is has a set of beliefs and they're rallying people around that set of beliefs, and uh, that again it could be religious, it could be non religious, um, it could just be about the camp itself, building up like the ego of the camp and saying hey it's so great to be at camp you know, Birch and we, we love camp. There's songs about camp Birch and there's like legends of the monster of camp Birch. You know, again, it's helped to help build like the credibility of this place being amazing, which which it is. I'm not saying that it's not, but those are the tactics that we use. And it's, it's kind of culty in, in by the definition of it. Um, And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I've said this already twice, I think, is that there's a strong emphasis on a feeling of being a part of that community. Um, and we want people who come to feel like they're a part of it. We, we want them to, the the joke I use is drink the Kool-Aid of, of the camp so that they, you know, they want to come back and they want to be a part of it um, because we, 
you know, being a part of the community does something positive for them. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, for a lot of camps, and I, I don't think this is being too um, glib about it, but like having people come back to the camp, the camp is, is there, it's a business, and the, it needs people to be there for it to survive. You can't have a camp without the people. So we want to do some of those things to help, you know, get people to keep coming to camp. Um, yeah, wouldn't exist without the people, or it'd be a very weird, just open space without the people. Um. <clears throat> Do you, Matt, do you think that, like, typically it's problematic when a camp, like, wants to or really emphasizes the cultiness of it? Like, obviously, cult has this horrible uh, feeling behind it. People, you know, think about drinking the Kool-Aid, like you said, and kind of horrible things happening in cults. Do yeah, you, yeah. Why do you think camps then have, like, leaned into it and said, you know what, like, we're not creating any trouble. We're just going to keep doing this because it does is it just because of what it does? Yeah. I mean, I think it makes people feel good. I think it, I think the difference between us and like these destructive cults, I probably shouldn't say drink the Kool-Aid because I know that that's like actually a thing that people have died from. I, I don't mean to be super glib about it, but, but I think that we do those things because it also makes people feel good. Right. I, I and I, I can speak for myself in saying like, you know, when I go to my home camp, the camp that I grew up at, and I still know how we specifically do the, the, the cheers and the songs, or people use my camp name, which I've only used at a couple of the camps that I've worked at, you know, that is a very special part of me because it's where I you know, I, there were significant things for me at camp. I, I discovered the best parts about myself. I made the closest friends that I'll ever have. You know, camp was that was special to me, and, and being a part of those moments helped kind of perpetuate that and helped me understand that it was special. And, and for me, my outside the camp world wasn't that great. It wasn't really exciting. I didn't have a lot of friends, but at camp, it was a special place for me. So I, I think that um, the, the culty parts about camp were kind of affirming that it was a good a good place, um, and it you know it helped it helped me come to that understanding that camp was a good place and that it was a special place and a different place. Um, I might not have understood it at at the time of being a camper, but um, I think it it was good to help draw attention to the specialness of of that place that it wasn't and, and that people care about people and, and like all those positive values, you know, when you think about a, a cult for a negative reason, they might have intentions that they feel are justified, but at the end of the day, people are dying or getting sick or there's, there's like the, all the terrible things that you hear about with a cult that usually, usually the vast majority of the time does not happen at camp. Camp is there for what I believe to be a holistically good reason. Yeah, yeah I, th I think too, like some things to understand between like a real cult and what camp does is one, like a, a, a cult that are problematic, they close themselves off from the world, right? There's a general distrust that their cult leader will say, hey, look, out in the real world, people do these horrible, horrible things to each other, or this is what society has put on you. And it really creates distrust for that person from leaving that cult and going back to the real world. Um, and it might separate them from things that they need, like family and friends, medical care, right? The camp is not doing these things, right? Camp is very much there to care for kids, care for the people who are on site, and then allow them to leave when the week is over, right? It is not forcing anyone to stay. 
Um, you know, the longest someone will stay at camp, well, it's, it's Matt and I, we just live at camp. But gotcha. um, but if it, you know, if it's somebody who's coming to camp as a guest, they get to leave after a little bit. So if you're hearing Matt and I talk a lot about cults, right, you need to understand, like, what are the truly negative things about, like, what a real cult is and what, like, camp is doing. And, and understanding the temporariness of camp, the fact that, you know, we are not creating this distrust to the world um, for our campers and, and closing them off from, from other things. But, you know, it... <clears throat> It doesn't mean we don't model some things. Like I know a lot of camps, like my camp in particular, we don't have a lot of communication that goes to directly parents, right? Like phones are going away and so like that. But your kid is going to go home at the end of the week, right? And be be back with mom and dad to share the stories of everything that they um, had in the cult. So, uh, well, I'll, I, I think I'll, I'll push back on you a little bit. You're right that it's temporary. They do go home and we don't encourage them to stay longer than, than the session that they are attending necessarily. But like you, you think about it, like when, I, when, you, when you say like, we don't talk about the, you know, the, we don't make people mistrust the outside world. I think that is true, but I mean, certainly the camps that I've attended to really lean on the, like, that camp is a special place. And mm -hmm. like, you know, it's our, it, we, we take the special parts about building community and we bring them out to the outside world. Like we actually do draw, like I, I've been at places where they do draw attention to that. And the reasons are totally, are good, but like, you think we, we also, you know, discourage like the use of phones at camp because yeah. we want people to stay. We, and we say this all the time. We want you to be connected to what's going on at camp. We want you to make friends. There is a real, we know best in the world of summer camp. Um, and again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is a true thing that we often as directors or as people who lead camps, we put ourselves like better than if you're not watching, I'm putting big air quotes better than the outside world. Um, and, and honestly, like I, tr I, I believe that sometimes I, I believe that to my core, that camp is this amazing place. Yeah. And I, I think we've talked about it on the show in the past. Like camp is very much an area where we, you know, we aim to be better than what the world is, right? Like we aim to have values that are superior so that a kid can get, uh, and, or a staff member can get an, a, the only word that can come to my head right now is overdose. And that doesn't feel like the right word, <laughs> but, the wrong word. <laughs> but an overdose of value. So when they return to the world, they can go and help make it a better place. And you've probably heard me on the podcast say that a hundred times, right? Like yeah. the goal of camp is to make the world a better place. Like kids come in, we want to make sure that they get the values and the, and the connection that is necessary for them to go out into the world and to hold themselves and others to a higher bar of how we practice being humans with each other. Right. Yeah. We, and we, I, set, I, we set an example of what a world where people take care of each of each other. And we, and um, we set an example of a world where you, you know, you live for more than just yourself. Like it, it is yeah. counter culture to what, and the hope is that we show them that example. Like you said, then they go back and, and they be that they be the change they want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, but like to go back to the conversation that we were talking about a little bit to get back on or order of our, our show notes here, um, how are these things culty and why? And, you know, for me, like you're going to see that a lot of these camp traditions and cultures are going to come for up for special occasions, right? Like your camp might have a special coming of age ceremony for when a kid goes from, 
you know, a regular camper to like a teen camper, right? Or a leadership village or something like that. You know, it might be for new responsibilities that are added on as they go along. It might be for, you know, a connection ceremony between your oldest campers and your youngest ceremony or tradition that always happens between those two groups. Um, we talked about order, right? We talked about reference, our, our reverence towards certain things, right? That we are marking specific times out to make sure the values that we uphold are practiced. And that's pretty culty if you think about it, right? Like how often in your normal day do you say, man, I really want to make sure that um, I'm a more honest person. I'm going to, I don't know, I can't even think of an example of something that you would do at home just on a regular night in your house to say, I'm going to try and be a more honest person, right? It's not something that you do. You do it with a group of people. Now you can find though, you can find other groups of people to do it. But again, you're going to enter a world where they are doing kind of a culty like practice, right? You're going to go to church and they're going to talk about being honest with your neighbor or, or your friends, right? Or you might go into like your, like your place of work and they might say, Hey, we think it's important for you to work together. So we're going to be doing some team building today. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have a special occasion that's geared towards that building and concept of working together. And with that being said, it's kind of to my next point is like camp is not the only people who use these techniques out in that world that you're in. Right. It's hard for you to do this on your own because the idea of uh, of coming together at camp and the idea of this cultiness that we're talking about is the idea of coming together. Right. So like, businesses will steal this. Businesses that are really well known and reputable will make sure that certain things are happening. Right. I can think of like two really big businesses right off the bat. But if you think about like Amazon or um, SpaceX, right? They have people that they hold in high reference who who put values out there that people in their company would want to follow with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, right? Like they're put in this weird pedestal of importance in their company where in reality from day to day, like the success and failure of their company might depend on them making a certain decision, but like there are figureheads to a certain extent, right? Who are just honored for their position and status they got when the company got there. So there's a heroism that's given to them. And that's just one example of how businesses do it. But um, the way that some businesses will host their meetings, the way that some businesses will have conduct in their workplace, these are all different strategies to create connection and a better workplace environment and connection with their staff and and the guests who come through their facility, right? Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as your Walmart greeter being there to welcome you is kind of a little bit culty because you think about it, like you're getting you're getting welcomed into this exclusive place at Walmart, right? Like welcome to Walmart. We're so excited to have you shop with us today. Um, <clears throat> you feel like you're you're being welcomed into this group, into this party, into a society that accepts Walmart for all of its shopping and all your shopping needs, but. Um, <clears throat> And the other thing to think about is like in your like regular society, though, some of these things are not always going to be as normal, right? You're not going to have a campfire in Walmart and you're not all going to sing around it before you go shopping, right? Like that's a strange thing to do, but at camp, it's our acceptable culture to do it. Like you're going to see some tiki torches, you guys, you're going to see some fires. You're going to start to see some symbolism out there that's a little bit different than your normal life, right? Like we talk about different star, um, what is it? Um, if you're an Aries or a Libra, what are those called again? Your star signs? Your, ast- your astrological signs or your star yeah, signs? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So like you might see those in your regular society life, but all of a sudden at camp, like you get to live by something like that, right? Like you might get placed 
in the um, like Starfinders group, or you might get placed in the like Green Fellows, right? And those might be like traditions in your camp. And for some reason, when you get placed in those groups, like you become part of that culture, right? Because there's some type of bio or personality type that every Starfinder has, and then all of a sudden you're part of it, and you start to see that there's some that there's some pl- placement there that instantly, as soon as you're in that group, you start to feel that way. And then going back to that symbolism aspect, right? Now you have things like fire that have maybe a specific meaning at your camp, like the start of something, the birth of something, the power behind something. You might go and burn something in the fire during your time at camp to um, free yourself of something, right? Or you might cast something away in the lake. Like you might make like little tiny boats that will float out into the lake to save bon voyage to a certain feeling or um or you might plant seeds to promote growth in yourself and your personality, right? These are all different symbols that some camps will take into their traditions and um, ceremonies to make you feel as though you are part of something big. And, and hopefully they, they get you to those points. So um, those are really my big things about why it might feel culty because you're starting to see like some symbols, some new practices that you don't see in the normal world. Right. But um, these things are what kind of help you connect or become a part of that camp community. So, uh, Matt, do you have anything else you want to talk about as far as why we feel culty at camp? <laughs> well, in, in thinking about all these things, you, you said um, so, so many things there, but I think I've been thinking about how what we do at camp is that we are very like intentional about how we carry out these traditions and how we um how we like inject them into so many parts during the day and i think that it happens like intentional moments to serve a purpose that's what walmart is doing i like i don't know if it's culty that someone welcomes you at the door but it is certainly an intentional thing to help you feel welcome and yes to have positive experiences with the walmart brand because that's part of their brand is that everyone you know, welcomes you at the door. Um, but it, you know, for the, a good reason, it's nice to feel welcomed. I think about like how a family sitting around like the, the kitchen table and whether it's grace or going around the table and saying, you know, one thing that they were, um, they're, they're grateful for about each other or about the day or, um, you know, how, that is something that families do. That's an intentional way to instill the values of like reflection or gratitude or honesty. And I think what is different about camp is that we just, we do it so often, right? Think about the way from like wake up to like, I think about my most recent camp, like you from, from the way you wake up that you go to polar bear dip every morning and you get a badge. If you go to every polar bear dip to gathering around the flagpole to a thought of the day. And that's all before you've washed your hands. And even the way we wash your hands, like who gets to go in first, it's after you sing the gratitude. Like there's so much intention, so many intentional moments. And that's what doesn't happen. I think as often in the non camp world or the mundane world, yeah. right? Where you wake up, you brush your teeth, you eat as fast as you can, you get on the bus and you go to school. And then the first like tradition or intentional thing you do is say the pledge of allegiance or whatever. Yeah that is right i would love to get camp directors from across the country who are at camps that like feel like they're a little bit more culty and have them count the number of touch points in a day that they do something that could be considered you know a little bit culty right because you just said probably five that a kid will get before they even eat breakfast right yeah so you know if you think about it that way 
by the time a kid is done at the end of the camp day, they've probably done anywhere between 30 to 50 cult-like activities at camp. Intentional moments. Intentional, intentional, <laughs> intentional moments yeah. to, make, to give them that feeling of belonging. So yeah, yeah. no, that's a yeah, great yeah. point, Matt. Um, all right. <clears throat> so let's say the, the ball is rolling, the cult meeting has started, and you're here, you're like, whoa, bro, what's going on? What did I get myself into? Let's talk about that buy-in aspect, because it is really important. It's really, you know, I think about um, they have this business with Disney um, where you can like rent a Disney princess, right, who will come to your birthday party, and they have all these rules that the Disney princess has to follow, or even if you go to Disney, the Disney princesses have to follow. So they're always in character, right? And you as a counselor, right, kind of always have to be a little bit into character, right? And now all of a sudden we're, you know, burning uh, sage or something like that. I can't, and you're just like, what is going on? I don't feel comfortable. How do you stay in that like Disney-like character, right? You know, I'm thinking there's a rule if you had a, if it was a Disney princess coming to your house for a party, They'd have to park down the street because they didn't want kids seeing a Disney princess getting out of a car. So the Disney princess would park around the corner, get out of the car and then walk down the street with like, you know, her guards who are also dressed so that the kids could see her walking down the street and get all excited about her arrival. Right. Um, So if you're a counselor and you're trying to get into that buy-in, that little bit of like culty culture, um, Matt, what are you, what are you doing? What do you, what's it, what's it like for you? Well, I, I want to share something first that is like so indicative of how that, that like your example of a Disney, like Disney's like culty kind of practice happens at summer camp and is a rule that I make people follow. My rule is if you are getting into costume um, to be a character for like a skit or a song, no matter how big or small it is, that you never change your costume in front of a camper. And until you are out of that costume, you are in that character. Um, and I have like given counselors not formal negative feedback, but I've definitely given them, given them <coughs> constructive criticism because they broke character in front of kids. The kids get it, but that's but that those are my my expectations as the I guess the cult leader <laughs> of the moment because because I I think it's important again it's being intentional about things like camp magic again we could talk about that stuff forever but if you are a counselor and you're not a hundred percent sure about being a part of it that's okay um, we we as camp directors we hope that you are um, comfortable. And we hope that you buy into it. We hope that like down the road that you'll get into it and and we'll do our best to like teach you stuff during training. Um, But you know, my non camp director self would say fake it till you make it Um, like feign enthusiasm and you will be enthusiastic is is advice that I often give um, in this thing because you know, just, just be open to it because it all comes back to the camper's experience, right? That we, we are here for the kids and they are younger and still developing and camp is, a, is, a, is meaningful for them in a different way than it probably is for you. So I think it's really important that if you are, even if you aren't fully bought into it, that you aren't like detracting from the experience and encouraging them to like stay immersed in the experience and just being a positive role model in, in the experience. So if that is like singing along or clapping your hands, 
that's enough. You don't have to be the loudest person at campfire, but you should not be the person like talking to your friend. Or um, if you see campers that are talking to each other, you know, you should be stopping that because you want, we want them to participate. Those are the expectations of that moment. And, you know, if it helps, put yourself in the shoes of the person who's leading that moment at camp. And what's the type of audience that would be beneficial to that leader or to others around them and help campers focus on that and help yourself focus on that, even if you're not fully bought in. Um, and I would just say in those big moments, don't be a detractor. Um, it's like in the moment of a campfire or a ceremony, isn't the moment to like be too cool for it or to like call out something that you don't agree with. That comes with a caveat though, is that camps, all around North America, all around the world, sometimes lean on the cultiness or they lean on like cultural appropriation or cultures that aren't theirs to help inform those ceremonies and traditions. And, and that is wrong. It is wrong to appropriate someone else's culture as part of a ceremony. People who have no connections to indigenous communities should not be wearing headdresses. Um, and some summer camps, they do lean on that. And this is me. This is my personal, <laughs> my personal opinion. Um, that I'm very biased about, but uh, if you notice something that feels wrong or feels upsetting, in the moment of that that time might not be the best way to do it. We don't want to like take people out of that moment unless you feel like it's something dangerous. But I don't think that it would be like that would be a very extreme thing. But after the fact, I think we could do a whole episode on how to call out your camp if it's being racist. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's okay to bring, and we, and we should as, you know, allies bring light to some of those bigger, those bigger things. Or if you feel like it's not a great thing, a, a great, you know, a, a great tradition, it's okay to voice that. Um, and it's okay to like, if you don't want to be a part of it in the future, as in like, you don't want to come back to that camp next summer, not every camp is for every person, but in the moment, um, at least be a, a participant and and a participant in the right direction rather than a detractor yeah and, and matt you bring up a good point and you talked about cultural appropriation being one of the things that you know you might need to speak up about but there is uh, i can think of a very important one and, and that is like hazing at camp right like you might have a tradition at your camp that you know, at this point is just straight hazing right um i know of a very specific one where it was you know waking campers up in the middle of the night to take them to a ceremony and what used to be, hey, we're going to wake the kids up and take them to the woods, um, started becoming like, a, well, we're going to swear at the kids to wake them up. We're going to scream and shout and whack on pans. We're going to like spray water in their faces or all this different types of stuff to just get them up to go to the ceremony. Right. Yeah. And you can only imagine the horror of like a 12 year old kid waking up to, you know, all this screaming and shouting, you know, when they thought they were safely sleeping in their bed. So that like becomes hazing right and it and it can happen to a lot of camps especially camps that are employing people who are you know in their 18 to early 20s who might have been going to college where you know there were some activities that they were doing in college that allowed that they were allowed and now they found a way to morph those into camp because maybe they found them fun right they felt like they were becoming a part of a group because they went through something that was tough and challenging they got through it and now they have that ability to um, do that to somebody else because it made them feel included eventually. So why not do that to a 12 year old kid? And it's not okay. Right. Like you should speak up and say, look, this is not meeting our goal. And if you notice the entire podcast that Matt have been talking, these actions that your camp is taking, it is a goal to connect 
um, campers, to show them value, to add benefit to their life, not subtract from it and make them feel scared or fearful. And if that's happening, it is your job as a counselor, your job as a human being to either A, end that activity or pull them out of it and, and totally. really start to get someone who's going to evaluate what's going on here because um, that's really important. And, that, and I can think of a lot of traditions too that you know have a foundation in challenging campers, right? Yeah. It's meant to be a difficult thing for them to experience, right? It's meant to make them feel as though they're overcoming something that is difficult. And it is a fine line to walk and, and, and understand. Um, so there is a lot of effort that would have to go into that before really cementing that tradition. And that's something to think about as well. So um, really take the time and, and observe those. And, and like Matt said, don't be a detractor, but understand about safety and what's the purpose of these uh, of these activities yeah. that we're doing in these yeah, traditions. The have. So yeah. with that being said, my first um, thing here for what's your role as a counselor is don't be a loser, just do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kidding. Like, right. This is not a like traditions and ceremonies are not peer pressure moments. You're not supposed to force someone into doing something they want to do. So if there's like a pact that your campers have to make or something like that, um, there's ways to add choice into that or adapt it in a way that makes them comfortable with it. And, and, and also for you, right? Like um, you may not feel like you, you should be part of this. Um, the YMCA has a really strong raggers program. And if you're not familiar with it, I can hundred percent explain it to you, but I, uh, am just not a ragger. It's not the program for me, um, <clears throat> for, for, for different reasons for others and, uh, and for myself. But, um, at the end of the day, like I still appreciate that program and what it does for other people. I still push for that program to be, um, put into, process at the camps that I work at so that kids who do find meaning behind it can be a part of it. Um, but it's not for me. It does not mean that I have to be a part of it. So I think that's a really important thing. And you can also find your own way to help into this culture that you're a part of, right? Maybe it's not singing a song, but it's writing a song or a poem. Maybe it's helping make a costume or something um, for those who are going to dress up for it. There's a lot of different ways to get involved. Perhaps you just do it on the backside development and they don't have to be that person who's up there you know, chanting with fire surrounding them and, and it's craziness. So um, think about what your role might be um, or find a role model. Maybe you buying into this has just been the fact that you don't have someone who's showing you the way. So maybe talking to another uh, professional who's in at your camp, maybe a leader or another counselor who has experience in it is a great person to go to. And, and then finally, another thing is if you are maybe not buying into all the ceremonies and the traditions that are happening and you're not detracting from them, you still have your cabin. You still have your group of kids that you can have your, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but mini cults with, right? Like each cabin gets its own culture that you as a counselor get to dictate, right? And we've talked about little things that you can do on the show and have intentionality to help create that culture in your cabin, right? Having, um, you know, a, a phrase or a chant or um, values that your cabin holds to importance and then finding practices that they can do to up, uh, uphold those, right? Like you... I don't want to say you're leading your own mini cult, but you can help create an intentional culture that your campers can develop in the ways that you and your camp both see fit. So it, totally. it, it is also your responsibility there to make sure that kids are getting that experience in the cabin on, cabin on that own level. So, mm. 
Yeah, that's what I, I mean, think. It's, it's, it's the it's the small things, right? We and we talked about like the bedtime. The whole episode we did about bedtime. It's those little like rituals and traditions that you do, like rosebuds and thorns. The classic, like what was the best part, the worst part, and the thing you're looking forward to, right? That's a rosebud thorn, and, and that's you know many camps do that as the last thing they do in in the evening and that little thing is again like going around the table and saying what you're grateful for meal times we did a whole episode on that about about how to make meals special and and you're right Oliver it all serves that special way that we can help um be intentional about those moments yeah and that's really the way like I want to make sure we end the show is like you know we're coming at this from this cult angle because it's funny and it it gets a tag on our show that you might want to listen to and really fall into but it's really just Matt and I highlighting the importance of these intentional programs that camps are doing, the ceremonies, the traditions, and the actions that camps take to make sure kids know that they belong, they're accepted, and they're going to be a part of something that's going to help make the world a better place through extremely important values that are generally accepted by everyone, right? Of, you know, uh, you know, why has our honesty, respect, responsibility, and caring and, and other locations will have theirs, but it's really just going back to the core statements of that camp and what they really want to get from their kids while they're there uh, on site. So yes, it's funny. It's fun to say cult. It's fun to connect the, uh, some of the things back and forth, but again, it's just intentional programming. You guys, it's doing what you've been doing the whole time uh, with Matt and I. So that's our show, but it doesn't mean we're done yet because we do have our eggle time, which is our ever growing and ever learning. Uh, it's a trick, a tip, a game or a song for counselors to use to be better every day. And Matt, there's also something really special about this season. Can you tell everybody about our sponsor? Oh yeah. This uh, episode and this season of first class counselors is sponsored by ultimate camp resource. And if you haven't heard of ultimate camp resource, you should definitely check them out. Um, Ultimatecampresource.com. And at the website, you can find over a thousand free descriptions of games, skits, songs, and other activities to make summer fun and dare we say it intentional uh for campers of all ages and abilities and if you're interested they also have a uh, camp merch store if you want to loudly show that you are part of the camp cult sorry culture i mean um you can visit their camp store at it's a camp pick up some Perfect. sweet swag all right. So my angle for today is called Pikahu or Magic Wall. Um, for this one, you are going to need a tarp um, or just something large, like a sheet or something like that to hide behind. Um, you'll have uh, usually yourself and maybe a partner that you grab who hold the sheet up on either side, creating a wall. And then each uh, you have two teams that your group is split into. Um, and then each team will select somebody who will sneak up behind their side of the tarp. And then they will um, try to name the other person on the other side when the tarp drops. Um, there are some really fun ways to also do it where you can like hide in different corners um, or like crouch and stuff. Um, you can do rounds with two people who are up or three, however you'd like to do it. Um, but it is just a really fun way to get people warmed up and getting to know each other's names. Um, it's one of my favorite name games to go to. Um, if you are struggling to... Uh, find a tarp. You can also just do this on a corner of a building or something like that. So someone walks around the corner um, and then they can see that person and they just name each other. So they just kind of pop out and it's really easy to do as well. So um, 
That's if you're going propolis for the day. It's one of my little secrets there. So um, that's called Peak Ahu or Magic Wall. And I hope that's a better way for you to get to know um, some people. Uh, if you want to go into a more advanced one too, once uh, they've shared their names with each other, um, then they can maybe do favorite colors or different things about them. And then when you drop the tarp, they have to name like where they're from or what's their favorite song. Or they have to start singing that favorite song, whatever it might be, to have some more fun with it. So cool. um, that's that's my game. Uh, what's your eggle today, Matt? Yeah, before I give you mine, uh, Oliver, you can uh, th- that one I believe is from Ultimate Camp Resource, right? And the the I mean, we we know that one. That's a, it's a great game. Um, and if you want the full description of it, if the verbal didn't do it for you, uh, we'll put the link to Ultimate Camp Resource in the show notes of this episode that you can um, follow to to get the full write up of it to remind yourself. Um, my eggle for this episode, I was, um, truthfully, I, I had not thought of one until just before we started recording. So I do what I do sometimes and I look around my camp office, well, my office that I, from, from home that I do camp stuff in. Um, and I was looking at my bookshelf and noticed, um, a collection of books uh, and many of them are written by, um, a, a friend and an amazing camp game and team building leader named Jim Kane. Um, and since the holidays are coming up, uh, I mean, Thanksgiving just happened at the time of recording here, but as the, um, the winter holiday season kicks off, if you want a gift for, uh, a camp person or for yourself to help build your skills and, um, get you excited for the summer to come, then I definitely recommend Jim Kane. He's, he, he writes, tons of amazing books. His one uh, called Find Something to Do specifically is a book that's like all low or no prop. I'm pretty sure it's no prop activities that you can just bust out. So if you want to build your back pocket game library, Jim Kane is a great place to start. And I will put um, the link to his like Amazon bookstore in the show notes so that you can pick one for yourself. But Find Something to Do is definitely where I would start if, if I was going down the road of reading uh, camp mm-hmm. game books. Yeah, Jim Kane, definitely one of the master class guys in our industry um, and should be someone everyone is learning from, for sure. All right. um, If you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only tell us what you like and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our rankings and helps more people discover the wonderful things that we talk about. And please remember that you can find all of our show notes at gocamp.pro slash FCC. Uh, There's lots of great stuff there from our show and other GoCamp Pro podcasts. And if you like the show, please not only give us a rating and review, but uh, we would appreciate if you shared the podcast with another camp person out there. Um, A fun way to say, hey, remember how great the summer was? I heard this cool podcast and I would love to, uh, I I would love to share this with you. So um, please do send it to some camp dork out there that you also love oh those lovely camp dorks gotta love them all right well thanks for listening friends and remember camp is camp and camp's all good first class counselors is brought to you by beth and travis allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants thanks for listening friends hey camp pros We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a GoCamp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.